You can turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 21, it says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Imagine 3,500 or so years ago, you have been rescued from slavery or in the wilderness, and you're going along with Moses, wandering in the wilderness. You've seen the Red Sea. You've seen all of the miracles. And now, in some way, I'm not sure how, but uh, actually, I do know how, lots of ways. I'm an expert in this. You've sinned. And... Maybe you accidentally saved manna on the wrong day. You didn't quite tell the truth. But, but what do you do if you sin? What do you do? Well, if you're in the wilderness and you've sinned, what you need to do is you need to first get a female goat. If you have a goat, that's good. If not, you're going to have to buy a goat. You bring the goat to the tent of meeting. You lay your hand on the head of the goat. And then it is killed. The priest takes a little bit of the blood, puts it on the horns of the altar, and then pours out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. The fat is burned as a pleasing aroma to the Lord, to each their own. And the priest makes atonement for you, and you shall be forgiven. Now, what do you do today? If you've sinned today, I know just hypothetically you've sinned today. Well, we do as our Lord Jesus commanded us. We pray, Father, forgive us our sins. And they're forgiven, which is an amazing fact that we can pray. And, and it's an amazing fact that, that it gets highlighted in this one verse, which is just so amazing. He made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This brings me back, actually, to a mission trip that I got to go on. Uh, this is right here, a man named Resham and his wife, I forget his name, or her name, his name's Resham. They were some of the earliest believers in Nepal. Resham converted to Christianity from being a Hindu priest as a young man. This is back in like the 60s. And he then, inspired by his faith, went from village to village preaching Christ. He was arrested 21 times, beaten and threatened countless times, imprisoned three times, but never stopped proclaiming Jesus Christ. He once baptized 400 people at night because of threat of persecution. And I got to sit here and like listen to him as he's in his bed now, probably at the end of his life, having Parkinson's. He almost died last year, but God has spared his life for now. Uh, and, and this was me like uh, about a year ago. And as I met with him, he told, he told us two things. First is... As he's laying in his bed, the gospel is the power of God 
for salvation to all be who believe. And the second thing he told us was 2 Corinthians 5, chapter, 20, uh, chapter 5, verse 21. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So I get here and I think, wow, this is quite the treasure for our sake. He, that's God, made him, that's Christ, to be sin who knew no sin so that, so that in Christ, as us, in him, in Christ, we might become not just okay, not just like barely saved, not just like God can't just like, God just barely can stand us. But that, when we are in Christ, we're not just, just almost there, but actually the righteousness, not just any righteousness, but the righteousness of God. So that we can have confidence thinking about the day of judgment, which is not too far from Paul's mind. He just, in verse 10, talked about all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So, a little bit of context. Starting in verse 17 of chapter 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is in Christ again, we remember last week we talked about being in Christ is what happens when we believe in Christ. We are joined to him in such a way that that his death counts for us and even more therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation the old has passed away behold the new has come all this is from god a new creation thinks about god creating and so the being in Christ is not just like some addition to our already fine lives, but that we are made new in a way, and as we're going to see, a way that makes us the righteousness of God. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation now we use reconciliation in two ways the the first is like financially and the second is people getting along and in greek it's the exact same thing it's used financially in fact primarily this term is used financially outside of paul and paul always uses it except in one case where it's with husbands and wives uses this term to refer to us being reconciled to god how once we were, same word here, once we were, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Reconciliation being, being our relationship to God. And Paul, when he talks about the ministry of reconciliation in this verse, He's speaking of their work in have, seeing people be reconciled to God. Now, it's good that people get along, but don't use this verse to talk about helping people get along. Not talking about that. It's talking about, it's our, talking about our relationship to God. Because, Paul goes on, that in Christ, 
God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Paul, the context of all this, Paul in 2 Corinthians, defending his ministry, his ministry, the message of reconciliation, that God can be reconciled to man. And, and we can see here, like what happens in salvation, how we can be right with God is that God doesn't count their trespasses. This is how he reconciles, not counting their trespasses. Counting, again, it's a financial term, reconciling a financial term. It's mo most used often in ancient sources as in, uh, in what do you call that? When you exchange money, money exchange. In foreign exchange, so they're exchanging money and they, they reconcile, so it's, you're getting the same amount that here. And in the same way, how we are right with God is that we are reconciled to him in that our sin account, which is pretty high. I'm glad I don't have like a running tally of my sin account. It would be very sad. That sin account is not counted. A sin account is not counted. It's a little bit like my old job. I used to do the books for our, our dairy farm. We spent millions of dollars every year. And at the end of every month, I had to reconcile the accounts. And this was, could be very annoying because I remember one particular time I got through, I did like, you know, 75 transactions, do, 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 do. I checked them all off in QuickBooks and I got through and I like looked at the, looked at the, the total and it was minus one cent. How frustrating minus one cent is. And then for the next two hours, I spent rechecking every transaction for an amount of currency that doesn't even exist in the physical world. And so, you know what I did? Don't tell anybody. I made a fake transaction for one penny. And I just checked it off and I said, fine. Problem solved forever. Now, now, in the same kind of way, this is the incredible thing, not counting their trespasses, that sin account, God just takes and is just like, no, we're just like not going to count that up. Boom. Done. And so when God looks at your accounts with him, God looks at your sin account and it is 100% empty, nothing in it. It's the only bank account you don't want anything in, your sin account. You want it to be zero. Maybe the credit card balance would be a better example. God made in Christ your sin account empty, no goat needed. This is salvation. Therefore, we are ambassadors, Paul goes on, for Christ. God, making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And this is the pleading part of this passage and Paul, because this is his message and this is the message for you. Be reconciled to God. You can be right with God simply on the basis of trusting Jesus Christ. 
This is the hope of the gospel. This is what we're about. What we're about is trusting in Jesus Christ so that when we sin, we lean on him, not on anything else. When we sin, we don't run away from God. And this is my tendency in my own personal life. I sin, and I just sort of like, I don't want to, I'd be like, yeah, God, like, like we'll, we'll catch up later. I just, I just want to be sad for a bit. But the hope here is that like, when we sin, we don't have to be like, oh, I'm going I'm to run away a little bit like Adam and Eve in the garden and be like, oh, I'm just going to hide myself over here like God can't see me. It's like, no, because of the hope of the gospel, we can always come back to him no matter what, no matter what we have done. They say the furthest person from us, about like cross-cultural, you know, you know, none of us are any further away from God because the only thing that separates us from Jesus Christ is just trusting him. The only righteousness we have is the righteousness that he gives. And so we see for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him, when we are joined to him by faith, we might become the righteousness of God. For our sake, he, God did it. He loved, God so loved the world that he gave his son so we could be saved. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. He made him sin. And this is like in, in the Greek, like the center of this verse is he made him sin. It's kind of like done poetically in a little chiasm he made him sin and it's just like shocking like how does christ do that like like how how does he do that and now now it's now it's it might seem like unfair he made him sin and, and it kind of would be unfair if i'm like going out to eat and i just sort of like hey you pay and i walk out the door that'd be that'd be kind of kind of bad but no like christ is like no i will pay and in fact, the ledger little bit thing, the ledger isn't the fact that God just like doesn't count it, but he counts it on Christ's account. He made him sin. Now, secondly, when it says he made him sin, the people looking at this in the Old Testament, the word for sin is, all, is used not just to talk about sin, but also to talk about a sin offering. It's the same word for sin and sin offering. In fact, in that passage I kind of alluded to about the goat, when it talks about the goat, it talks about the goat as the, the sin, the hamartia, the, the, the sin as the sin offering. And really what it says when he made him sin here, God made him the sin offering standing in our place. Secondly about this verse, which is really cool, once you see the sin offering, is this, this entire verse is an exposition of Isaiah 53. They're really cool. Let's, let's, let's look. This is really fun. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Isaiah 53, 9. This is the great servant song talking about Christ. And they made his grave with the wicked and a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Jesus was sinless going on in Isaiah 53 to 10. For our sake, he made him to be sin 
who knew no sin. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul or his life makes an offering for sin. Just like the hand of the man is laid on the goat, our sin is laid on Christ. That in him we might become the righteousness of God. Isaiah 53, 11. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted, accounted, same like idea, accounting, be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. That we may become the righteousness of God. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In this one verse, we have the whole glory of the gospel. Oh, in our, uh, we're just doing like membership class next week, and this is like cheat sheet if you ever want to become a member. It's like the only question is what is the gospel? And like you can literally just say this first. It's, it's okay as long as you like believe it. Uh, this is what our hope is that we are not righteous on our own but christ is that we are not here because we are better than all the people out there that we have achieved something more than all the people out there we are here only because god put our sin on christ so that we can live forgiven and finally, more than that, that we might become the righteousness of God. And this really ends up with two applications. Application number one is that if you are not living your life trusting in Jesus Christ, like look at the beauty of what he has done. Look at the beauty of just this cynical passage that he has given everything, not just to barely save you, so you strive and work as much as you can. It's just like, oh, maybe God is going to, to do this if I just give everything. And No, Christ has done everything necessary so that in him, not only are there our sin account is empty, but our righteousness account is full with the righteousness of God. So simply by trusting Christ, you can have everything, all your sin forgiven and your righteousness account in God is full. And secondly, if you have trusted in Jesus Christ, is to continue living, trusting in his work for salvation. Now, the amazing thing is, like, like so often we give this impression in the Christian life. It's like, okay, you know, you were saved by grace, but now you guys better really live up to it. Okay, Jesus did all of this stuff, and now you're going to live up. You're going to do your part. When actually, the only way to live the kind of righteous life that God requires is by living in this grace all the time. 
What does God require of us? Like, what's the great commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's only from a heart that has been transformed constantly and daily by knowing that Jesus Christ has paid the penalty for every sin. Jesus Christ has given me every righteousness that I would ever need. It's only in that knowledge can we then turn around and not out of a sense of, I got to live up, but a sense of gracious love. Praise God. Yes, God. Yes, you have given everything I need. And can we then treat our neighbors, not just be like, okay, I gotta like just live up enough to do this, but no, but no, I just have to love because Christ first loved me. And so being transformed, we can know and live in this daily for our sake, for us. He made him to be sin. God made Christ to be sin, who knew no sin. So that in him, being joined to him in faith, we might become not just barely saved, not just barely sinners sitting in the church, but the righteousness of God, entirely done and finished, simply by trusting in him. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray for every person here that we would trust in you. I pray for every person who has lived and called themselves a Christian, that you would call us back again and again and again to the center of your gospel, that you have given all so that our sin account might be 100% empty, that our righteousness account might be full of the righteousness, not just a little bit, but of God that this truth would resonate in our hearts and minds and ears and transform us to live in the love by which you saved us and by which you transform us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.